We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Our Thursday edition is called the Huddle Reloaded. Every Tuesday night, as part of the Lincoln Rally Coaches Show, Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman talk Sooner football and the Big 12 from 6 to 7 p.m., which leads right in to the Lincoln Rally Coaches Show. Uh, As we were planning this podcast and kind of what our schedule was going to look like, Jacob Potter had the brilliant idea, hey, let's, uh, let's bring an audio form of the huddle. So we condense it down a little bit. As the season progresses, we'll sprinkle in some of our takes and opinions on things and uh, just enjoy Toby and Teddy talking Sooner football with the huddle reloaded. We are headed out to Los Angeles, California this weekend. The Sooners and the UCLA Bruins in prime time. But first, we get to spend the next hour with a Butkus and Bednarik Award winner, my radio partner on the Sooner Radio Network, and an all-around great guy. Please welcome Teddy Lehman, everybody. Tiro, how we doing? Put it there, my man. Good to go. You ready to go out west? I'm kind of excited. You're doing a nice little road trip, aren't I, you? I think, I, 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 you know, a road trip is a little first road trip of the year, and we... Uh, we get to go out to the beaches and the bright lights of Hollywood. This There's worse places to go, for sure. The Rose Bowl? Are you kidding me? What well, <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit different than yeah. the last time we were out there. The environment? The buzz was a little bit, you know, electric. What's your prediction on uh, the breakdown Sooner fans to Bruin fans on Saturday night in uh, the stadium? Uh, it's hard because judging off of their last game against San Diego State at home. They'll have more than that. Right. You would think that they'd have somewhere between 500 and 1,000 people there. But 
Oklahoma's going to bring out the UCLA fan that's not going to go to most of their home games. So I think they'll probably draw their best crowd, home uh -huh. crowd of the year of their fans. Plus, we've got a big West Coast contingent out there. So I am, I mean, the place holds what? Close to 90,000. I mean, I would say maybe maybe 70,000 people there and, and Sooner fans, I think, will be just as many as UCLA, maybe more. It's going to be fun. It's going to be yeah. fun. We're going to talk about that game coming up. Opening segment, as always, brought to you by Noble McIntyre at McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all of your personal injury needs. First off, let's look in the rearview mirror, though. Last Saturday night, the Sooners moved to 2-0 with a 70-14 win over South Dakota. Ten touchdowns for the offense. The defense, first team when they were out there, a shutout for them on Saturday night. Really pretty much all around, Ted, I think a positive night for the Sooners. No, I agree 100%. I thought, you know, defensively, starters looked good. The first rotational guys looked really good. Pressure on the quarterback. Finally, we got the monkey off our back and got uh, got the turnovers rolling out there. Buki dives on the first one, gets a pick six later. Three of them. So uh, three, possible four. I'm going to go ahead and say four <laughs> turnover on downs. Three turnovers. Everyone out here agrees with me that's four. <laughs> I heard uh, Lincoln Riley even say it. So. Teddy, picked, uh, Teddy predicted there'd be four turnovers in the game, so he's trying to cr take credit for a mysterious well, fourth turnover. Let's line. just say it was nice to see the defense playing well. And I, you love the benefit of these early season games whenever the starters get in and play well early. You get to rotate some younger guys through and get them some experience. So I thought that was fantastic on the defensive side. And again, offensively, I mean, those wide receivers, those young yep. guys, I mean, when you look at our true freshman offensive players, there's five guys that I think are just going to be so exciting. Rattler comes in late, looks really good running the offense. Uh, your three wide receivers that are just fantastic, all looked exceptional. And my guy, you know, I love him. Stogner looked really good, too. You said he's like baby Gronk out there, I, I think. I think he, he has a chance, in my opinion, to kind of change the landscape of the Big 12. I mean, think about, like, take, for instance, our defense. Who would be guarding him? It's your nickel guy. Right. So you have a nickel. Our nickel is Buki, who's one of the smaller guys on our team, would be guarding a six foot six, 200. Mm -hmm. And by the time he's done playing here, 60 pound guy that can run and catch the ball. In so. basketball, we call that having a mouse in the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a big that's guy right. guarded by a little guy. So, well, at Teddy's request, we're going to start with the offense, as always, tonight. So let's <laughs> take a look, starting with C.D. Lamb, kind of quiet in the opener. Had the touchdown, but only two catches was anything but quiet on Saturday night. Ted. Unbelievable. This catch, I don't know. It looked like it went through the guy's back. I don't know how he found it, but an unbelievable catch. It looked like there was an effort early on to get CD some touches. Uh, didn't have many in game one, just two catches for 46. Did have the nice touchdown, but they went to him quite a bit, and he's just fantastic, right? We know it. He's got all the tools. He's got everything. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got great hands. He's got great acrobatics in the air. He's good after the catch. Just an all-around wide receiver. But, you know, the scary thing is, I don't know who's number two behind him. CD's your number one guy, and there could be any number of two, three, four guys that are competing for that, you know, second-best guy on the roster. But CD, you know, I, I think as the season goes on, and we continue to see the other guys around him play better, more things are going to open up for CD. You can't just put all of your focus on number two. 
teams are going to have to spread their secondary thin, and that's going to give him some great matchups. Nice punt return here, too, to add to the big night. 144 yards receiving, and here you see where he stands now on the career receiving yards chart at Oklahoma. Number nine all time, 2,155 with almost an entire season still in front of him. You can do the math there. There's a lot of guys, if he can stay healthy, he's got a chance to pass this year as he makes his way up the all-time receiving charts. Yeah, and that's a look at that group in front of him. There's some really good football players on there. Uh, a good chunk of those guys still in the league or had nice careers. So uh, good chunk look, of those guys had a touchdown this week in uh, the NFL. Yeah, you had uh, Marquise Brown, Kenny Stills caught a big one last night. So yeah, that's that's a fun group. That's we're starting to get one of the best groups of, of former wide receivers that played here of, of any school out there. Well, when you score 70 points, that means you got 10 touchdowns. So let's take a look at uh, how they all of them unfolded for us on Saturday on Owen Field. Here we go. Touchdown number one, the aforementioned Sedarian Lamb in the back of the end zone. Play action, draw the backers up, hit that little hole in the back of the zone. That's a tough one to defend. You're worried about that big run down there on the goal line. Got Pop the pullback pass. involved again. That's Jeremiah Hall's oh, second yeah. touchdown of the year. Quick little chip and then pops out there away from where the play action is. You draw the linebacker's eyes to the other side of the field. Just hit it back behind him. Good to see Kennedy Brooks get more involved this week, Dad. No, he, he was great. He's got, I mean, he doesn't get a whole lot of touches, but what he has, he takes serious advantage of. Here's touchdown number four, Charleston Rambo, the little jet sweep untouched into the north end zone. A receiving touchdown. How about that off a little toss? <laughs> Jalen Hurts will take the touchdown pass on that. that. Yeah, You can spread the wealth. Here's touchdown number five, I believe. It came on the opening drive of the second half, and it came from the defense. Oh, and I love that it's Buki. I think he needed a confidence booster. Reads this, gets his eyes back into the backfield, makes a play on the football, outruns the guy to the end zone. And uh, that's what we wanted. <laughs> Score on D, baby. Last year had a chance at TCU, couldn't convert it. He did on that one. The minister. I don't think he actually scored on that play right there, but he got it in there eventually. The minister with touchdown number six on the night. And then through the air, this was, uh, well, now it's time for the, as the Lincoln called them, the puppies to come out of the kennel. Jaden Hazelwood got a touchdown. And a great throw there by Mordecai right over the top, right over the middle. He's got a great release. He looked really good as well. How good is Hazelwood after the catch, man? How about Ramondre Stevenson going 75? And, and it's just... <laughs> He's in that position. He's like in the on-deck circle, right, waiting on his opportunity. you got two great guys ahead of you. As you know, things can happen at running back, whether it's injury or whatever. He's going to get his chance sooner or later. Theo East, maybe the most impressive touchdown of the night, carried half the state of South Dakota with him into the end zone. I love that. These, these freshman receivers, once they get their hands on the ball, it's not over after that. They're going to take guys are going to make you miss in the open field. Pretty impressive. And then Spencer Rattler, his first career touchdown pass. He finds another freshman, Trajan Bridges, who got his first touchdown. And you add it all up, comes up to 70 to 14 on Saturday night on Owen Field. And there's a lot to like on that graphic. I didn't even notice that, but is that a different player on every touchdown? Yes, maybe. That, that's pretty impressive whenever you spread that ten many Ten touchdowns, out. ten different guys? Yeah. I don't think I even realized that either. So. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, nicely done. All right, very good. Well, let's talk about our AAA drive of the game now, brought to you by AAA Insurance. At home or on the road, we've got you covered. Opening drive of the game, and you mentioned kind of the concerted effort 
to get C.D. Lamb involved, but it started like this innocently. That play kind of got shut down, and Jalen got what he could get. Yeah, it was, it's kind of an interesting little play. I think it kind of fell apart. There looked like a play action that kind of unraveled on him, and then they go downfield big time to C.D. Lamb and just let him make a play. This is the one I just uh, still – the <laughs> angle, I, I don't know how he found that ball and caught it. He looked like maybe he wasn't even sure if he caught it. Charleston Rambo in the flat. The stiff arm got a few. And then the keeper by Jalen Hurts again to the sidelines. Able to cut it up and make some yards. It looked like he'd lose yardage there down to the 15-yard yeah, line. Yeah, and that's his offensive line staying alive out there on the perimeters, trying to fight for some blocks. Good pocket here for Hurts. Find CD across the middle. He's going to give him a first and goal. And I love how he moved around back there and bought himself a little extra time and sat in. And then he's going to find number two in the back of the end zone for the first touchdown of the night. That's your drive of the game brought to you by AAA Insurance at home or on the road. They've got you covered. So 70 points for the offense. How about the defense? I thought they were good. I thought they played really well. Um, again, the defensive line continues to impress. Whenever you see what they do, the pressure they put on the quarterback, causing all kinds of chaos back there, stuff in the running game. Everything that happens this year defensively is going to start right up there up front. Um, this attack front from Alex Grinch is so fun to watch. And what's beautiful about it is all the bodies that they can rotate through. Gallimore, Stripling, Redmond, uh, Famatau got out there. Overton got out there. There's plenty of guys. Stokes. Stokes. There's plenty of guys, and there's not a whole lot of fall off. And Kenneth Mann's coming eventually. Kenneth Mann, they hope to get back at some point this season. So you got a good rotation of guys there that the, the fall off isn't very much between the guys that you feel the best about and the guys that are more rotational guys. So uh, that's pretty good stuff. And, and those guys playing well has helped the linebackers out tremendously. Uh, Kenneth Murray, another good game. I know statistically it's not his best game, but that's going to happen whenever other guys are making plays, yeah. right? We're used to him just kind of going sideline to sideline, making tackles seven, eight yards downfield. Well, now there's more guys getting involved up front. You got D linemen, defensive ends making tackles in the backfield. You got perimeter guys that are making plays. So I think everything defensively is on the right track. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But they're improving week by week. Um, we're going to face some better offenses as this thing unrolls. But I think the, the first couple of games, you've seen some things there that, that have you feeling pretty good. I'd like to see better play at safety. I'd like to see more consistent play at Will Linebacker. I think our corners have been pretty good challenging some plays. Uh, safety and Will Linebacker, if we get those guys rolling in, we could be a pretty good defense. Gaining confidence, keep putting big, exactly. good games on the field. Of course, the big news on Saturday – was we got to get the candy bars out because the Sooners forced some turnovers. Three of them. Here's the first. Neville punches it loose, and Buki jumps on top of it. Pretty impressive. We had to get it happening. You could see the relief on the sideline. The guys out there on the field, uh, they were ready for that to happen. Great play by Neville Gallimore, disengaging, punching, getting a hat on the ball, knocking that thing out. And from that point, kind of opened the floodgates. Buki takes one to the house. It's just a lot of fun. It gets contagious, right? Now everyone wants in on the mix, and uh, guys are competing out there, having fun. You typically play the best whenever you're having fun out there, and you can tell this defense is enjoying themselves out there, playing well. So I think they're going to feed off of that performance. How about the kid Jaden Davis? Boy, he's playing well. He got an interception as well on Saturday. Almost two of them. Yeah, and it, to compete, young guy getting out there, 
I'm not sure how much time you're going to get throughout the week, but you focus in meetings. You pay attention out on the practice field whenever maybe you're not getting as many reps, watching on the sideline, waiting for your time, talking to the guys when they come off the field. What are you getting out of there? What are they running on the backside of trips? What are they running when it's two by two? And you just learn, and whenever you get your moment, you go out there and make the best of it. And next thing you know, you're going to be rotating in for more snaps and more critical moments in the game. September 8th, a year ago, UCLA came to Norman. Oklahoma jumped all over them. The Sooners actually fell behind 7-0 in this game. Rodney Anderson got him a touchdown. Hollywood got involved in this game. Kyler had a good game. Oklahoma would roll. That looks like what happened on Sunday in the Baltimore-Miami game. OU would roll 49-21. It's pretty impressive um, defensive performance by Oklahoma. It was a strange game because... Chip Kelly, first year, only the second game, not exactly sure what you were going to get. So it was one of those things you're kind of worried about it going in. They had uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who was a highly recruited kid, dual threat. So a little bit of worry about what he could be in a Chip Kelly offense, and they just haven't got it rolling. You know, year two under Chip Kelly, and they're still waiting for that spark offensively. The last time OU won a game, a regular season game in the state of California came in 1990 against UCLA. In fact, OU has won four of the five previous meetings against the Bruins. The only loss was back at the Rhett Bomar and the Sooners in the 2000s. OU won the first three meetings in the series. 05, it was when the, the Bruins got him out in L.A. That's a Kel Gundy game, right? 90? 1990, Kel Gundy. Yeah, the hero of that game. Was really, he a freshman? Half. I think that's right. Yeah, came in and he became the star. Yeah. We fell in love with Kale. Let's talk about the 2019 edition of Chip Kelly's team. They are off to a rough start. 0-2, a road loss to Cincinnati, and a home loss to San Diego State. They have scored 14 points in both of their first two games so far. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, still their quarterback. Rough start for him. He's completed about 50% of his passes. It really hasn't looked good so far for UCLA on either side of the ball. It hasn't. Um... You know, defensively, they haven't been horrible, right? Their offense just isn't giving them any help. They're not moving the ball. They've turned it over several times, which is putting their defense in a bad spot field position-wise. So they haven't played complementary football. You know, offensively for them, it's it's so interesting. And I know they don't have the personality that, that Chip Kelly had at Oregon, but when people think of Chip Kelly offenses, they think it's an up-tempo offense. They throw it all over the field. But the real key to his offenses and what made them great at Oregon was running the football. Yeah. They always, they ran the ball over 300 yards a game early on at Oregon and, and would lead, you know, they'd be a top two or three team in the country running the football. That's where it all started. UCLA's having a horrible time trying to run the football, which, you know, they get behind the chains they get into predictable situations, and that's why the completion percentage is so low for uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He's, like you said, about 50% completion. So the the failure of being able to run the football, in my opinion, is where all the problems start for UCLA. They've committed six turnovers through two games. I think the interesting thing, and, and you could speak to this, Ted, will be what Chip Kelly is known for on offense is a ton of pre-snap movement. He, he loves putting guys in motion, shifting defenses around, kind of stressing out your brain if you're on the defensive side of the ball. 
Oklahoma's going to have to think through a lot of things. Now, he had more talent at Oregon. Obviously, he had more talent in the NFL that could execute some of this stuff. But he knows what he's doing, and Kenneth Murray and, and those guys on defense are really going to have to think through everything he's going to throw at them on Saturday. Well, I, I'll tell you one thing that is kind of a benefit. Brian Odom, you know, was on the Arizona staff for yep. a long time now as a strength coach, but still um, knows quite a bit about Chip Kelly's offense at Oregon. And so I think there's some carryover with that, kind of understand where he's coming from in, in some of his offensive stuff. Um, so I, I think defensively, just because of the personnel, uh, you know, difference that we have against them, you don't try and do too much. Now, if you're a team that you know, we really got to scheme these guys up to win this game, then you're probably a little more worried than you are right now. Whenever Odom and Grinch look at this, they're going to say, we just do our thing, right? Yeah. We're going to do what we've done so far. We're not going to put very much on our guys. We're going to kind of peel it back, let the guys play fast, penetrate up front, let our defensive line take us there. And Roy Manning just came from there, so he's probably got right. a pretty good idea yep. as well. Uh, you mentioned the UCLA defense. If one side of the ball has been better than the other so far this year, it has been their defense. I think we got a little video of that. Um, what, what do you see out of them on the defensive side of the ball? Well, the secondary, I, I don't know that they're very good in the secondary. I think that the best part about them is their defensive line. They got a really big nose guard that's hard to move out of there, and their two defensive ends are are really good players they can hit they can separate they can come off but what they're going to do is you know what we see a lot of in the big 12 except they've got some bigger traditional three four bodies they're going to play that kind of uh, three three five look where they're two gapping up front and they've got backers in behind which our offense really loves that look because typically up front we can one-on-one -on -one guys we can get up to the next level on on backers pretty good it becomes difficult for those guys to read some of those gaps so i don't think offensively we're going to worry about it too much um, if we can run the football and i think we will because of how we're going to spread them thin in the secondary that's going to be the key to our success Linebacker Chris Barnes, their leading tackler so far this year. He's got a sack on the season as well. What a game on Saturday night in Austin. LSU and Texas top 10 showdown, and it lived up to the billing. This was a good football game. No, it was exciting, great atmosphere, some trash talk going back and forth all week between the two teams. It's like we found a rivalry band, we didn't know we had. Deck, right. Turn on the air conditioning no in the AC, locker room. We had some horns down out there. Burrow doing the Queen Elizabeth wave to the crowd at the end. It was a lot of fun, and I think we saw two really good football teams, personally. I, you know, know a lot of people want to jump out there and say, oh, well, Texas isn't what we thought they were. Their defense wasn't very good. I don't know about that. I saw some high-level quarterback play from Burrow. I saw Ellinger looking pretty good. They've got several wide receivers. It's not just the um, Colin Johnson show there. So I, I still worry about Texas's running game, traditional running game a little bit, but what a fun football game. 45-38 LSU. West Virginia did not have much fun at all in Columbia. No, they didn't. It looks like it could be a really, really long year for West Virginia. Which, you know, we expected them to have a down year after losing their coach and losing all of their best talent on both sides of the ball. But, man, you want to talk about a team that is totally depleted. West Virginia's got a, a rough year ahead of them. 38-7 Missouri. Kansas State has looked good so far, Ted. Man, I, I like what I'm seeing from Kansas State. Uh, this climbing team is a lot of fun to watch. You know, they've gone in, and I know they haven't played anyone that's that's – great but they're burying people 
you know, and we haven't seen Kansas State do this to teams in a long time. Kansas State that we've seen recently comes out, doesn't look good very early against teams that they should be better than, and uh, they struggle. This team's not. They're taking care of business, running the football well. Uh, Skylar Thompson looks good throwing it. They're efficient. Defense is playing well. I like K-State right now. 52 nothing win over Bowling Green. They've got an interesting game coming up this week. We'll take a look at that here in just a second. Here's the rest of the Big 12 scoreboard from last Saturday. Kansas drops their first game. Coastal Carolina upset them in Lawrence, dropping Les Miles' team to 1-1. One one. No problem for the Cowboys against the Cowboys up in Stillwater, 56-14. Baylor's looked good early, 63-14 over the Roadrunners. And Texas Tech holds UTEP to three. I like I Tech. It. I think Tech, and tell me if you agree, kind of the middle tier of the Big 12 between Texas Tech, Baylor, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State, They've all impressed me. I think yeah. they all look, you know, Baylor, these teams, Texas Tech, they don't usually beat UTEP like that. Offensively, they'll score a bunch of points, but they'll give up a bunch and not they'll look discombobulated at times. They're handling people. Look at you using the big words. You like that? Week three of the season already. The bonus. That is extra impressive. syllables in there. So, all right, so I, don't, I like the middle I of the Big 12 you. right no, now. No, I agree with you. Here's what the schedule looks like. I think this is the most interesting week so far coming up in the Big 12. We don't have the marquee game that we had. Are we looking at the schedule here? Or did I yes. jump the gun? Yeah, here we go. We don't have the Texas LSU game, but we got a bunch of really nice matchups. Uh, Kansas and Boston College will play on Friday night. But look at K-State at Mississippi State. I like that one a Good lot. Game. That's going to be a great matchup for Kansas State. Mississippi State's lost a couple of players off that defense but they're really good. They'll have a talent advantage over Kansas State. This is a good game to kind of learn what they're going to look like in the Big 12 where they've got a talent mismatch, but scheme-wise, effort-wise, can they make up the distance? The battle for the Cyhawk Trophy on Saturday afternoon. Game day is going to be in Ames for the first time ever for Iowa-Iowa State. I think we're going to pick that game later, but that'll be a zoo up there. TCU goes to West Lafayette to take on Purdue. A tricky post LSU road trip for Texas to take on Rice down in Houston and Texas Tech's got to go out to the desert to take on Arizona and uh, I think they're only a three-point favorite out there that's That'll a be tough a game 30. I, I like Texas Tech on that one um, but you just don't fully trust him yet you know Thought we were sitting around with about a hundred Sooner fans watching the end of the Michigan Army game on Saturday Army, it was just like a year ago, Ted. It looked like the same game. Take the OU uniforms out, put the Michigan uniforms in. I don't know how Army didn't win this thing in overtime. I, a couple of things hurt them. They ran a pass play down on the goal line and threw an interception. That was a killer. I thought they got too conservative at the end of the game and kind of settled for that long field goal instead of pressing the issue. Here's the interception that Ugh. probably cost them the football game. But, man, are they fun to watch yeah. or what? I mean, you would think that to watch a team that runs a triple option would be boring. But, I mean, it's not. It's fun. They, they compete. They're tough. Three yards in a cloud of dust. It's a lot of hey, fun. For, forget about the game. It's going right. to be a migraine headache. But how much are you looking forward to that trip to West Point next year? Is that going to be amazing? It's going to be cool. I, You know, I've never been anywhere around the, the academy. And it is going to be at their stadium, right? Yeah, Mike, Mikey Stadium, yeah. yeah. On campus. So that's going to be that's going to be really cool. I am looking forward to that. The other game of the day, besides Texas LSU last Saturday, Clemson, Texas A&M, 
No problem, really, for Clemson. I, I think you got to give A&M credit for holding them to 24 points, but, man, they just could not do anything against Brent Venable's defense. Yeah, I thought A&M a couple of times just really cost themselves. You can't go into the number one team in the country, turn the football over, drop passes. They just looked out of sync early, like maybe they, they built this thing up too much or something, but – uh, I, I thought overall they actually played pretty well to go on the road and do what they did. Um, like you said, good job kind of holding Clemson's offense in check. Trevor Lawrence didn't look very good for the most part of that football game. But kind of two straight games he hasn't looked great. Yeah. I don't, you know, I, you, you expect a little bit of a sophomore slump, maybe a little bit of a national championship hangover. That's kind of typical of Clemson that we've seen early in seasons. They haven't looked real good. You stay up and watch this game? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. I'm kind of glad. Uh, I feel bad for the Pac-12 that their best two teams, Oregon goes down in week one, and then Washington gets beat by late field goal against Cal in week two. That's uh, They had a lightning delay. This game didn't end until like 4 o'clock in the morning, but uh, Cal upsets Washington in Seattle 20-19. to 19, And now maybe Utah? Has the best chance out of the Pac-12? Maybe well, yeah. USC hasn't USC lost yet. USC actually looked that pretty freshman good against quarterback, Yeah, he looks pretty good. There were some wild finishes. That was a wild finish. There were some more in college football. This How about the Florida State-Louisiana Monroe game? Florida State, in overtime scores, converts the extra point. It's it, Louisiana Monroe, I know. folks. It's one of those games that, as a player, you celebrate, you won, and then, like, three seconds later, it sinks in like, oh, my gosh. How do you feel about kickers, Toby? That was Monroe. Uh, you know how I feel about kickers, Toby. Yo. Oh. Ouch. 45-44, Florida State. To win on that is just uh, that's uh, Rock, painful. Rocky Top is on rock bottom right now. They are 0-2. They had BYU beaten. And somehow, a miracle BYU goes down the field on this play from their own 20-yard line. They find a guy open behind the defense, takes him into field goal range. They're able to tie it and win it in the extra frame. Ouch. Looked like that um, Baltimore Ravens and Denver Broncos game where they hit the deep pass on them. Yeah, I mean, pretty crazy. It's shocking, really, that... Sports Illustrated picks Tennessee as a better program than the University of Oklahoma. Easy now. Unbelievable. It was a lot of fun to see Nebraska and Colorado back on the field together in (laughs) Boulder this last week. That is an awkward chest bump right there. Uh, Colorado and Nebraska. Looked like Nebraska had this game won. Furious rally by Colorado late. And I'll tell you. I, I, I think Colorado looks like a pretty good football That's game. That's another Pac-12 team we shouldn't yeah, overlook. Mel Tucker, really good coach. Um, he was the defensive coordinator for the Georgia team that we played in the Rose Bowl earlier with that, that uh, play we took from. Really good coach. He was my defensive coordinator when I was in Jacksonville. Loved the guy. Uh, I'm happy to see him doing well there in Colorado. All right, let's get to the Pick'em segment. I cannot wait to see how oh we did last gosh. week in the Pick'em segment. Let's take a look at the graphic. We'll get five games every week around the uh, Big 12 and around the country. And here's how we did oh. last week. Let's see here. Army in Michigan. You got that one right. You thought you went over. You didn't. <laughs> Barely, and I was rooting against it late. Syracuse I would like to Maryland, have gone over for five. Uh, Teddy missed it. Nebraska, Colorado. Teddy now, missed how, it. How do you just skim over that Maryland Syracuse deal? Could you believe 
that game, how bad Maryland beat Syracuse. Maryland looks really good. Wow. Michael Oxley. Yeah, I was shocked by that. Uh, I didn't mean to skim over it. You missed that one really <laughs> badly, okay? <laughs> Nebraska, Colorado, you missed it. A&M at Clemson, you missed it. And LSU at Texas, we all missed that one. So the updated standings you see there, uh, I've vaulted in front of you, but our producer, Zach Tilly, now has the lead. He's 7-3, and three, and you, my friend, are pulling up the mm. rear. Well, let me just say that I was close in the Nebraska-Colorado game, okay? Mm. And that's making me feel better. Time to pick this week's games. Five games, and we start with a fascinating game. Washington State at Houston on Friday night. Every one of these games was very difficult to pick. Yeah. I'm going to pick Washington State. I like their quarterback. Their offense doesn't look like it's really missed a beat since Minshew left. Um, I don't feel great about it. But I'm going to take Leach and uh, and the Cougs to go you know over the game Houston. is at Houston. Right. I'm going to take Washington State too. I think that uh, I think their offense is is clicking on all cylinders early in the year. Right. I, I could be. I, I'm like you. I don't feel great about this pick, but I think Washington State's going to find too much offense in the end. I wasn't too impressed, and I don't know. It was first game of the year, and I don't really know how much. Holgerson showed knowing he was going up against Oklahoma, but I wasn't too impressed with them offensively. Um, Washington State looks really good. You know what they're going to do. You just have to stop it, as Leach says. So I don't know. I'll take them. Producer Tilly is taking uh, Washington State as well. Second game, Big 12, Kansas State at Mississippi State. I want to take Kansas State in this game so bad. I think they play it really close. I think it's within a touchdown, but I'm going to take Mississippi State. If Kansas State wins this game, oh, that's, wow. the, yeah, that, yeah. It, that means they're for real this I, year. I'm with you. I'll be rooting for K-State in this game, but I think, I think on the lines, maybe Mississippi State's too much. Remember when they played last year in Manhattan? I think it was last year. Maybe it was two years ago. I think they it was two years they, ago. They kind of threw them around a little bit. I think Mississippi State's just too big and bad on the line. I'll take Mississippi State. Tilly's going K-State. I like and the it. upset. I don't. I think that's a good pick. Third game, the battle for the Cyhawk Trophy, Iowa, Iowa State in Ames. I, I hate this. Let me just say, I hate this that I'm picking Iowa over Iowa State. But for whatever reason, there's been several opportunities, in my opinion, for Iowa State to get over the hump, win a game that has, you know, is going to mean something huge for the program, and they come up short. And I, I think it was a benefit for them to have a week off after their, their first week where they did not look good and barely got out of there with a win. It's going to be a close football game. I'm picking Iowa. It's another one that I would love to see. I'd love to be wrong on this one and Iowa State win. I, just for whatever reason, they can't win these games that feel like it's going to be a, a difference maker for their program. I'd love for you to be wrong, too, because I'm picking Iowa State. Look at that. And I think... You really believe Iowa State's going to win this, and I think you let your radio partner, Tyler McComas, talk you out of this pick. So I'm, uh, I'm uh, I'll tell you disappointed right now. in you right I now. I will be completely honest with you. My horrible week last week that I had with picks You're is, shaking, aren't is you? really <laughs> playing mind tricks on me right now. <laughs> You're struggling I, with self-confidence. Had I had a decent <laughs> week last, you know, the last round, I would have a problem picking uh, Kansas State or Iowa State. But right now, I'm rattled. Tilly agrees with you. He's got Iowa as well. SEC game, Florida at Kentucky. Mark Stoops. Yeah, I'm taking Florida. Um, 
I haven't really been impressed with Florida up to this point, but I think they're the more talented team. I think they're going to start rounding into the, the team that we expected uh, all offseason. This is a big one, though, and another tough one to pick. Mark Stoops has done a great job with that Kentucky program. Close game, Florida wins it. I agree with you. I think Florida's going to win it on the road. Kentucky was had a great year last year. They're not the same team this year. Yep. I think Florida gets Lost it on the road. Tilly disagrees. He's got the Wildcats in this one. Interesting. And finally, back to the Big 12, Texas Tech late game Saturday night at Arizona. I'm taking Texas Tech. Um, I think this is going to be a fun one. Arizona has, boy, it, it's shocking what's kind of uh, transpired there under Sumlin. Texas Tech has my attention. Uh, they're responding really well to, to Matt Wells. I think they go out there and get a win. And although the, the spread is really close, I think there's a chance Tech could beat them bad. It's hard to know what Tech is yet. Um, it, 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 we knew what they were under Kingsbury. It's hard to know exactly what they are under Wells. The fact that they held UTEP to three, I'm with you. They got my attention. I'm going Texas Tech as well. Tilly's taking Texas Tech as well. Let's talk OU, UCLA, Sooners and Bruins coming up this Saturday night in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Our first over-under margin of victory. This is a little cocky here for <laughs> OU. 22 and a half, which I believe is what the guys in the desert have established it as. I'm taking the over. I feel confident about this. I like the, the place our offense is in. I, the one thing for me is how does our offensive line play this week? Didn't have their best performance um, a week ago against South Dakota. They need improvement this week. We got to be able to run the football. If that happens, and I think it will, I think we uh, win by more than 22.5. Can I tell you what scares me about this game? Sure. UCLA is desperate. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is going rotten right now in Bruin land. And here comes Oklahoma and a chance to, you know, heal all wounds sure. if you somehow pull off a shocker. But I'm with you. I think Oklahoma covers the 22 and a half. But do you agree? I mean, that's a, it's, yeah. it's a wound. It's the wounded dog theory. I, yes. Now, I would buy into that theory a little bit more if we're looking at a, a UCLA team that just a couple of fluky things happened, like lost a close one in week one, lost a close one in week two, maybe on a, on a last second field goal or something or some bad calls. But I think there are some serious underlying issues with this UCLA team. So considering that, I feel I feel pretty confident. But yes, if you're Chip Kelly and you're this UCLA team, if you want to get this thing back on the tracks, you knock off a top five Oklahoma team. That's the exact way to do it. All right. This is an inter Tilly also taking the over. Uh, this is an interesting question, I think. Oh, you had zero forced turnovers in game one. They had three against South Dakota. So two and a half forced turnovers or takeaways against the Bruins for the OU defense. I'm going over. We've mm. seen this UCLA team is uh, apt to turn the football over. They've had sack fumbles. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson has thrown some interceptions. Um, I think we're starting to get the, the feeling a little bit of, of what it feels like defensively to force those turnovers. I'm going to take the over. I'm not. Uh, that's all I'm doing. I'm not making any predictions on the number. <laughs> I'm just going to take the over. Um, I agree with you. I think one, what you said is true. This team has shown a propensity to turn it over early, UCLA. And two, I think Oklahoma's got that feeling going now. Yeah. They forced three turnovers. I can't wait to talk to Lincoln about what's it been like in the defensive practices this week now that they kind of have accomplished their goal. I think they're hungry for it, and we'll see them keep, keep rolling. I like what Alex Grinch said, and I think this was before the South Dakota game. 
talking about the turnover, you know, they've preached it and they've forced a bunch of them in practice, but in practice, you don't get the feeling of what it's like whenever you do force a turnover, right? You you force it, yeah, we're happy, but you give it back and you're on to the next play. But in a game, to hear the crowd, to see your teammates on the sideline, to see the offense all amped up that they're taking the field and about to go down and score, there's a much different feeling whenever you force a turnover yeah. in a game. And I think the guys feed off that energy, and I think it carries over. All right. Third over under. Who, who did Tilly take? Oh, Tilly took the under there. Interesting. Wow. Uh, four and a half touchdowns combined for Jalen Hurts. This is passing and rushing touchdowns. Four and a half for Jalen Hurts. I took the under. I think there's going to be a concerted effort to run the football. Um, I also feel like we could play really good early and maybe see some other quarterbacks in the second half. So I'm taking the under. It would not shock me at all, though, to see him go over. I could easily see him, you know, throw for three and run for two, but I'm going to take the under. I'm taking the over. Just kind of a hunch play here. I think they score a, a, a nice chunk of points on these guys, and he's involved in almost every touchdown they score unless it's a handoff. So I'll take the over. Tilly also going with the over. And the final over under, 20 and a half incompletions for Dorian Thompson Robinson, who is the quarterback for UCLA. Uh, he is completing right about 50% of his passes right now. You go ahead and take a shot at this. I think it's an interesting question. I'll tell you why in a second. It is. It's an interesting question. I'm going to take the under. That's a bunch of incompletions in the game. Um, I think that they're probably going to be behind and probably going to be passing the football. That's the point. He might throw it a bunch. Right. But if you're behind and you're throwing the football defensively, you're going to be conservative, right? And you're going to give the underneath stuff in a zone and let them take the easy completions and try and get off the field, rally and tackle. The only thing that can hurt you is if you're too aggressive and give up some deep stuff. So I'm taking the under. Tilly knows something because it's a weird question and he's taking the over. So I don't <laughs> trust this question. I'm taking the under too. I think it's a lot. Kickoff just after 7 o'clock Central Time on Saturday night. Radio coverage starts for you at 5 p.m. This guy will be on the call with us as well. We'll see you next week on The Huddle. Boomer Sooner, everybody. Lincoln Riley next.